Welcome to The Backbone, but first, a word from our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors too, so you can get paid for your podcast. Anchor is what I use to bring you The Backbone, a journey inside finance at a startup. It connects your podcast seamlessly to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more, making your podcast available wherever your audience chooses to listen. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Welcome to The Backbone, a journey inside finance at a startup. I'm your host, Shabam Data at Shabam on Twitter. On The Backbone, we're obsessed with finance and operations at startups. We take a close look at finance functions within various startup companies by talking to finance leaders that are in there day in and day out. We chat startup finance, metrics, operations, and everything in between. Joining me on this episode of The Backbone is Rob Curcio, Director of Finance at Touch Bistro, an iPad-based point-of-sale software company that is built for restaurant people by restaurant people, with every feature designed to meet the unique needs and fast pace of the food service industry. Rob's leadership and business acumen has been instrumental in Touch Bistro's rapid growth. He's a motivated and passionate finance executive with a proven record of exceeding business expectations, scaling operations, and driving revenue growth. As a goal-oriented team visionary, Rob is focused on strategy, building relationships, and networking, as well as enhancing operations through agile methodology. He earned his Bachelor of Commerce with honors from Ryerson University and is a CPA CA. So without further ado, let's hear from Rob himself, Director of Finance at Touch Bistro. Hey, thanks for coming on The Backbone, Rob. I uh, really appreciate you joining us today and uh, love to get started right away. So you've been at Touch Bistro now for about a year and a half. And prior to that, you were at Anatolia, Tile and & Stone and PwC in their audit group. So talk to me about your journey to Touch Bistro and how you got started in finance within the software industry. Yeah, absolutely. So first off, I wanted to start by saying uh, thank you for having me. It's definitely a pleasure to be, to be speaking on The Backbone. My career started at PwC in their uh, audit uh, group. Uh, I completed uh, two summer internships. So at the time, there was a uh, experience program where they recruited individuals from uh, university in their second year. So I was fortunate enough to be picked up from Ryerson. Did two internships and then started full time. I started full time in the mining group. You know, a time where mining wasn't doing very well. Uh, the big companies like Barrick were taking big write-downs, the industry was suffering. Um, so it, it, beyond it not being a right time for mining, it was also difficult to you know, gain a positive experience when, when the industry naturally isn't doing well. Um, right. On top of that, I just wasn't a big fan of mining and never thought that you know, mining was really an industry of focus. Um, so I looked to, to switch and uh, I made that switch by going into uh, the private company service group which is uh, based out of our Metro North office, but keeping close contact with tech and entertainment because I knew I had an interest in 
getting some exposure to that environment and that uh, industry. So with the PCS switch uh, allowed me to to gain some tech and entertainment com- uh, companies or clients and get some experience there. So I had, you know, companies basically as big as, you know, the IMAXs of the world to as small as the right. uh, tech startups. Through Metro North as well, I also worked on, you know, a lot of the owner managed business. And, you know, coming into PwC initially, you know, I, I really had no expectations. It was more just to get as much experience as possible. Um, but as I grew through, through experience and through the ranks from, you know, an associate to an experienced associate, I quickly realized that, you know, going down the audit partner path probably wasn't for me. Um, mm-hmm. So it was great that I took the approach where I wanted to get experience in the various different industries the, the firm offered um, without truly specializing uh, until my, my senior associate year, which was in the private company service group. In the private company service group, you know, uh, I had obviously more ownership and accountability of the file, which which is great. Smaller teams gives you, you know, more access to the client, uh, better opportunity to get exposure to C-level exec, uh, as well as just to take more ownership in, in managing a file or leading a team. So, you know, even as an experienced associate, I was given leadership of the file, acting as senior before I became a senior, which, you know, was huge exposure for me, something very different than the mining group or the big uh, public companies in the downtown office where naturally you're on a team of five, six, 10 plus people um, and not touching mm-hmm. the, the bigger aspects of the file. Um, so yeah, but that was, that was kind of my, you know, thought process in, in changing industries and, and getting a better focus on tech uh, and private company services. In my, in my third year after passing my, uh, my UFI, uh, I say that now because a lot of the new the new students are, are writing the new CPA program, which uh, that's right. Was it's a brand new program. Yeah. Um, so uh, after passing my exams and uh, qualifying for my CA, or I should say CPA CA now, I got an opportunity to to join Anatolia Talent Stone. Um, so they're a company uh, based out of Bolton with some international exposure in, in Turkey. The opportunity there was for an accounting manager to eventually grow into a controller role. I, I, I went there, you know, had a team of uh, six people, including some exposure from various different functions like customer service, supply chain, etc. You know, the challenge you face in owner-managed business is the owners tend to hold strategy and, you know, um, I would say more uh, forward-looking discussion close to their chest uh, in this particular company. Uh, owner managed business, the, the siblings really made all the decisions. So I found progression in the company to get more exposure into strategy and forecasting to be, you know, very limiting. Um, so that's, you know, the main reason naturally I felt that I kind of hit my cap after a year in the role and I was tending to look elsewhere. And, you know, looking elsewhere for me meant now joining an industry where I really had a passion or an interest in. Uh, again, the tile industry despite the company being a very successful company, didn't really tie into to my passion and what I was, you know, wanting to specialize long-term. Um, so I was actually introduced to the current CFO uh, of Touchbeast Show through a mentor of mine. And, you know, we met for coffee, um, kind of picked his brain. He asked me some questions and it was very informal. Uh, that led to a formal interview and I got offered the, the controller role with, uh, with Touchbeast Show. When I arrived there in December of 2016, uh, we had a finance team of about three, uh, and I've you know been a contributing factor to grow that team to uh, eight now. Having said that, too, headcount has more than doubled since I've joined. 
Um, so definitely very positive to see, you know, a Toronto-based tech company um, really boom. For sure. Over the past year and, and a half now, uh, you know, I've learned and been exposed to so much that, you know, the decision to, to jump in back into the tech space and really get the, you know, industry focus rather than yeah. focus has been just absolutely incredible. So I want to unpack that a little bit because uh, you, you said, so you started off in mining, then you moved from mining to PCS and with a focus on uh, the technology sector and space. And then you went kind of away from that um, to, I guess, uh, I'm not really sure how to categorize the tile and stone space, but uh, the you went there and then back to tech. So what, what would you say pulled you back to tech? Yeah, it's a great question. So I mean, the Anatolia is, is more of the PCS type space. So probably very typical of a, a large uh, PwC audit client in the call it distribution uh, space. What pulled me back, back to tech was the ability to jump into a company or, you know, companies for that matter, because obviously the tech community in Toronto is booming, but to really get to see, you know, a larger portion of strategy, um, get to see and be a part of a growing industry in Toronto that, you know, people often joke, uh, you know, Silicon Valley is, is the hub, but I, I feel like, you know, from the recent articles I've been reading and just seeing the growth in Toronto, we've really been making a statement. I think we hit top 15 cities in the world now to, to foster mm-hmm. and grow uh, innovative technology, um, so I mean it's impressive to be a part of an industry that's that's growing. The general interest in tech, you know, from tech and entertainment at PwC, I found those to be the most interesting audits and the most interesting strategy. It's tech, like you know, it's cliche to say, but you constantly have to have to be innovative and you know, getting feedback from your consumers to really make make an impact and see what where your you know product or service can be positioned in a, the most positive way for for growth. So yeah, it was great to see Touch Bistro and, you know, I would say Touch Bistro offers a product that really just simplifies the, the process and, you know, makes a massive impact in the, in the restaurant space. So I, I think it was a natural fit and, and really the, you know, coming in as controller, um, I was looking for just a strong mentor as well. So it was important that I, you know, work closely with a CFO that was, you know, respected in the community, uh, as well as someone who can kind of groom and mentor me. So, you know, sure. I've kind of seen the benefits of already joining after, you know, like one year I was already promoted to director of finance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this new role it now enables me to work closely with the senior leadership team, obviously under the direction of my, my CFO and get that, that exposure to, you know, strategy to nice. the company growth. So it's, it's been, it's been definitely a remarkable experience so far. Got it. Got it. So you, you started to touch on this a little bit and, uh, why don't you tell me a bit about, uh, touch bistro itself? So what does touch bistro do? What is it all about? Absolutely. Uh, so touch bistro is, uh, an iPad based, uh, point of sale software company. Uh, customer base includes, you know, the full service, quick service restaurants, uh, coffee shops, food trucks, bars. Our main value prop is enhancing the restaurant experience. Um, we, we enable, you know, restaurant owners to make more money and through that by, you know, turning tables. So it kind of replaces the legacy program of paper and pen, um, delivering a better, you know, guest experience. So the waiter or waitress, uh, will be able to send orders to the kitchen while, uh, simultaneously taking orders, you know, around the table. Uh, and then, you know, being the focal point of, of restaurant success. So, you know, through that, we've been able to power over 10,000 restaurants in more than a hundred countries worldwide. So that kind of speaks to wow. breadth and depth of, of, you know, our product. Uh, mm-hmm. And we're really trying to make restaurant 
uh, run easier. So, you know, restaurant owners have more time to focus on really what, what their passion is and the reason they kind of open their business in the first place. Cause as you can imagine, you know, you get a variety of different restaurant owners, uh, from different walks of life. There's chefs who are really passionate about, you know, bringing back nonna's, nonna's Italian dishes to, to new, <laughs> new chefs providing their different modern, you know, dishes or, or plates that are, you know, Right. So it's it's been it's been fantastic to to see that you know shift in in mindset of restaurant owners um, changing from a legacy program to to a modernized uh, point of sale. That's awesome. So it kind of lets them get back to what uh, the, the cooking aspect of it, or the entertaining aspect of of being a restaurant uh, owner versus the administrative and uh, you know more of the I guess mundane tasks that Touch Bistro kind of lets the technology take over. Would that be a good way to to put that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the you know you're a chef coming into Toronto in a place where restaurants are make up a, a big part of downtown Toronto. Or you know, if we're speaking about the U.S. market, there's you know, without quoting a stat, there's a ton of restaurants opening up every day uh, in in the U.S. market. So allowing them to focus on what they want to accomplish, which is you know their passion for for cooking and sharing that their passion through their their dishes to to customers. We we basically help allow them to focus on that. So being the central point of focus for gotcha. software does make, make an impact and make transition and, and operations run, run smoothly. Um, yeah. And so you, you touched on this a little bit uh, when you said, you know, there's software serves mostly um, kind of uh, food trucks, breweries, uh, bars, nightclubs, and other traditional kind of local restaurants. So kind of the, the SMB market, small and mid-sized businesses. And so what are some of the unique opportunities uh, or challenges that you face being the finance leader of a company serving the SMB space? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, challenges we'd face would be, you know, managing, managing churn, um, nature of the industry, as much as we want every restaurant to, to be successful. Uh, unfortunately, beyond our control, sometimes they're not. Uh, so there is a, a portion of unavoidable churn there where you're, you're kind of limited, you know, reducing churn based on, you know, external factors that are, are beyond your, your control. You know, with every restaurant that closes, you know, from what we see, a lot of them real uh, new restaurants open. So you're trying to manage a churn. You're trying to, you know, find ways to to help them. That would be probably one of the one of the biggest challenges in the industry as uh, unavoidable churn. Second one would be just workforce. So our workforce, we're fortunate enough in, you know, part of the reason why we've seen this great growth of, you know, being even announced as Deloitte's top 50 is that a lot of our individuals have restaurant experience. So, you know, in some industries, it might be challenging having a workforce that represents your product to also have experience in the industry. Uh, hmm. We have a lot of customer success, sales team members, marketing members that have restaurant experience, whether they've been, you know, servers in, in high school or in university or, or been a part of, you know, restaurant operations. So it allows us to kind of right. both their feedback, but as well as our, our customer feedback, uh, like any successful business needs to, you know, really understand their customer base. And incorporate, you know, feedback and changes in product. And I feel the product's always um, developing. So we, we we do our best to incorporate both internal as well as external customer feedback 
into our product roadmap to, to stay competitive and innovative. And it also allows uh, also allows you to, I guess, relate to your customers um, a bit more than uh, if you didn't have that uh, vertical experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, when you're taking a, you know, customer installation call or when you're calling for support as a restaurant, it's helpful to know the individual on the other, other side of the phone is someone who understands kind of, you know, the pain point of, starting a restaurant and opening, opening up. So, you know, having that experience internally, but also hearing them and really listening to, you know, what they'd want to see as improvements. Cause you know, there's always a way to, to continue to improve uh, is so, so critical and so important uh, in, in this space. Touch on something else here as well. So in a previous episode, uh, we had uh, Darren Wood, who's the director of finance at Jobber, a company that provides uh, software for service-based contractors, helping them with scheduling quotes, uh, invoicing and billing. So again, a similar kind of target market in that they target SMB. So he mentioned that one of the advantages that he saw was that being able to work closely with their customers uh, to be able to kind of test features, gain insights, and then uh, that would impact their roadmap. And so have you found that also to be the case in the restaurant vertical? Like uh, are the uh, customers that uh, you guys serve um, are they open to kind of trying new things and new features and you're able to test them on a group of users before rolling it out or uh, what's been your take on that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a, a fundamental aspect of, you know, any successful implementation. You kind of have to have your, your beta testing with, with a selected few customers that are open to see, you know, whether the, that additional uh, product change or product development really makes sense. Uh, so yeah, we, we've seen great success in that and, um, working closely with with the selected few to to manage that expectation and see you know hey you wanted this change if we do go ahead and implement it and put it in beta how does it affect your business how, how does it affect the transaction how does it incorporate with you know the rest of the restaurant operations so yeah we've definitely seen success in that and I I definitely would agree uh, with that point you know staying close to your customer base also involves really doing product testing and and really getting a sense of right going to make the difference. Yeah. And, and that's one of the, I guess, advantages of having a large pool of, of customers that when you serve the SMB market, you do. And no one customer kind of uh, accounts for a significant chunk of your revenue. It's really about a lot of customers, like you said, 100,000 restaurants that you have uh, on board. Um, and so you're allowed to kind of test things out with, for instance, that may be relevant to uh, food trucks, which may not be relevant to sit-down restaurants. So it allows you to, I guess, kind of also segment your customers and test out features that way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the that's key. I think that's key. Product is a definitely a key focus in any any tech tech company to really just really stay innovative. You know, uh, it's very very important. Yeah, I would say I would say another challenge that we face to, to you know. To also add to your question, there is in an evolving business. We obviously there was some news. I'm not sure if you saw our our uh, news article that came out, but we've recently partnered with uh, with Chase. Um, so allowing us to partner with WePay to kind of manage our payment processing um, enhances the customer experience, reduces you know number of point of contacts to to onboard. So obviously payment is definitely an important part of uh, restaurant operations and allow us to to provide further revenue growth. So. You know, also looking yeah. to, to increase your recurring revenue and, you know, even top line revenue is obviously very important to, to our success, but also to, you know, functionality of, of uh, restaurant operations. 
Right, right. That's great. And so now I wanted to uh, switch gears a little bit, talk about, you know, there's a lot of folks who want to get into tech in a finance capacity. So similar to the route you took, or uh, maybe a different path, but they want to get to where you are. And so what are some words of wisdom or advice that you would give someone who is maybe in your shoes from a couple of years ago? Yeah, absolutely. Um, great question. I, I think what's helped me the most, and I'll probably start by saying this, is get a mentor. Uh, I was very fortunate enough to have uh, my mentor, uh, Eugene Bomba, which um, very well-known name in, in the industry. Um, he helped yeah, me. A past guest on uh, The Backbone. Yes, I know. I've, I've, I'm well-informed as well. Yeah. Um, so Eugene... Uh, has been a fantastic mentor for me since you know day one of coming into PwC's. He's helped me kind of tailor my experience and get the most out of my experience. So having a mentor, I would say, is absolutely crucial. Even as as early as if you're looking to jump into tech from a university level, getting a mentor in university just understand you know course program, understand the technical if it's it's finance capacity. But having a mentor throughout the way who has experience that can you know. Have someone to vent to, have someone to bounce ideas off of, have someone to go to if you know you're stuck in in either making a decision or need some help with you know reporting or some compliance issues or whatever the case may be in, in, in the finance capacity, looking at that as an extremely useful resource. Yeah, I would say that's probably the, the number one thing uh, you can do to to come into the space and that kind of uh, that go get a mentor comment really applies to various different spaces, but especially in finance, it's it's helpful uh, in tech to have someone to bounce ideas off of. Number two, I would say is, you know, ask questions and go and meet people. Um, you know, the network, especially in tech, is extremely close-knit. Um, everyone seems to know everyone. Uh, there's tons of networking events, as well as, you know, just community events. So, you know, talking to people and really getting to, to pick their brain. I find when you go for coffee with... A founder, you go for coffee with a CFO. They have so much passion in, in what they're doing and allowing them just to talk and, and getting a sense of their story and why they did what they did or what piece of advice they would offer you if you're early in your career as a senior accountant or a controller or director. I really at any level, even as a, as a VP or CFO, there's always someone who's, you know, has more experience than you, has seen more than you have. So, right. It's been there, done that. Yeah, exactly. Number three, I would say, now more specific to the actual entity, I would say doing you know your research and understanding the entity. Um, obviously, there is a variety of tech and health startups that are booming right now in Toronto, but really getting a sense of what they do and understanding their their business model. Um, no different than you know an investing decision. You're making an investing decision. You really understand what the business model is of the company you're investing in and why you think they'd be a leader in the space. Um, I would say take a similar approach to that to your job. Um, if you're, you know, arguably spending the majority of your day working, you want to make sure you're working towards not only your own professional growth, but also towards really growing the product and growing the the team or the service that you're you're working with. So obviously, finance is not a uh, department that is in a pigeonhole. You're actually seeing variety of different departments, and you're touching and having conversations with right. different individuals across the the organization. So being that, you know, strategic insight resource or being that go-to person from a finance perspective, it's important you really understand the actual business model and what the company is trying to accomplish. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's huge. 
and then, yeah, I mean, to touch on that whole networking thing, you know, just being a part of the community. So try to attend a networking event. You know, at times I can, you know, I, I can say from even personal experience, it's tough to, to get your, your name out in certain events, but you're able to pick and choose where to go. So going to an event maybe with thousand plus people might be harder to, to go and meet, you know, a person you've been focused on, on meeting just network of, of numbers. <laughs> Right. Go to a smaller event where there's, you know, a panel. Go to an event where maybe it's it's hosted by a company. You know, we we have a tech um, networking group that I keep close touch in touch with with a variety of VPs and and controllers and um, CFOs as well in that group. And it's helpful to to have them because you can bounce ideas off them. But you don't get into those kind of groups without really going out and trying to network and 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 hear about them to to begin with. So attending networking events and just kind of being you know, having an ear close to the ground is, is helpful in, in building out your, your brand as well as your experience. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. That's some, uh, sage advice. Um, so now, you, you know, last question before we hop to our quick fire round, um, in your opinion, what is the, uh, importance of the finance function at a technology company? Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm sounding biased by saying this, but, uh, being in finance itself, I think it's, it's, it's critical. <laughs> um, and I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> uh, you know, despite Touch Be Show really not being in that segment anymore, where we're early stage, I would say we're obviously later stage now that we've passed our RC round. Um, so much more of a small business. I would say the finance function, you know, plays a critical role in, in all aspects of an early stage company. So if you think about it, um, in a seed and A round, it's, you know, more about fueling growth, you know, getting the name heard, building out sales and marketing. Um, in, in a B and C round tends to be more focused on, you know, controlling growth, budgeting and forecasting, uh, you know, investing in internal systems, uh, compliance, obviously, cause that comes with growth and mm-hmm. then, you know, looking, um, to, to see where, where the company is in three, five, 10 years. So kind of having a, a mission vision plan for the company. Um, you know, in, in early stage, you, you have to know when to invest heavily in various departments. Um, but also when to, to spend greater focus internal versus only building out venue count. So, you know, as you progress through the stages, um, I would say finance in tech not only provides the, you know, financial reporting aspect, but is seen really as a analytic strategic partner in, in making sure the, the numbers make sense, working towards right. the revenue. So I would say finance itself plays a, a very critical role in that aspect. And, you know, what I personally like about it is just the fact that you really get to see all aspects of the business. You're not caught in, like I said, a, a pigeonhole or tunnel vision of one department. You really play, you know, a strategic mm-hmm. in, in all aspects of the business. So I personally work closely with sales. I work closely with our marketing team. Uh, work closely with dev, right? I mean, you're, you, you have to be able to, to budget forecasts. You have to be able to provide strategic insight. And, and that's where I think finance at all aspects of, of growth in a, in a tech company specifically uh, plays a crucial role. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, so jumping into our quick fire round now, the way this works is I will uh, give you a quick question and you'll have about 10 seconds to respond to each. How does that sound? All right, I'm ready. All right, here we go. So first one, what's your go-to online resource for all things startup finance related? Uh, I would say Tech Vibes and probably Crunchbase. Okay, cool. So Tech Vibes for news and Crunchbase for, 
I guess, a little bit more detailed info on, on the stuff? Absolutely. So you see a bunch of uh, new deals that have come through. Uh, they tend to provide kind of summaries of, hey, what to look for in a term sheet, what to look for in different stages of financing. So really cool. And then Tech Vibes also mm-hmm. provides a bunch of very recent uh, news or daily news, as, as I should say. Uh, so yeah. they're definitely helpful resources. Nice. And uh, your favorite productivity hack? So I would say hands down Trello. Um, using agile mm-hmm. methodology, I manage my team expectations, my own deadlines, and even upward manage my CFO using using Trello board. So huge productivity hack. Nice. And then uh, one thing you don't leave the office before finishing. Uh, I would say urgent fires on my Trello board that would probably require immediate response. So obviously these come often or, you know, come, you know, sporadically um, that mm-hmm. require immediate attention. So, you know, banging those off before, before leaving the office as, you know, as much as I can um, would probably be the one thing I want to do before leaving, leaving or ending my day. Makes sense. Makes sense. Well, thanks a lot, Rob. Really appreciate your time today on the backbone. It was a pleasure, uh, learning about your experiences and your journey to touch bistro, uh, learning about kind of some of the challenges and opportunities that SMBs face and that you've encountered, uh, in your time at touch bistro. And lastly, you know, all the advice that you shared for someone looking to get into the tech space, I think is very valuable. So thanks again for coming on the show. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Yeah, thanks, Shaban. Thanks for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure.